Hello there, this interview that you're about to hear was originally done by me, Sam Roscoe or Chris Prince for the Blue Moon podcast sometime between 2009 and now. That means if there's anything that sounds a bit out of date or if there's anything that's an obvious topic that we've not asked the guest about, it's probably because the interview is from a long time ago. This show is basically the Blue Moon podcast interview archive. All of the new interviews that we do with former City players and managers will go live on the Blue Moon podcast first, so if you like what you hear then please go and subscribe to that and there's a new show every Friday with a look at everything on and off the pitch for City. But for now enjoy the end of this generic recorded message and enjoy the interview with the person whose name is in the title of this episode. Unfortunately at PSV uh, the change of managers um, I wasn't really in and around the, the, the squad anymore so I was looking for, for game time and and to obviously get back playing football again and um, there was a, f- a few clubs showing interest to my agent and it was only when Stuart Pearce uh, made the call um, to my agent to say, you know, we're ready to take him, get him some game time to the rest of the season. And, you know, I jumped at the chance then to get, get back home to the UK and, and uh, you know, basically to get back playing and show everyone what I was capable of. Yeah, what uh, what was that City team like when you were coming in? Did you did you know much about what City struggles had been scoring goals that season? Yeah, I did. Yeah, obviously, uh, my me, me good friend uh, and Evan was Richard Dunn, so we always kept in in contact. And when City showed interest, I gave him a text and said, um, "I'm jumping on the plane and I'll see you in the morning." <laughs> he was like, "Why? What's happening?" <laughs> uh, so that was it. Was good to obviously get back in the changing room with Richard, um, and obviously he's been a key player for City. So obviously, I've been looking at. You know, City's results for many years while Richard's been there and hoping he does well and uh, to be a part of it was was great. Um, met Stuart Pearce in the training ground, um, did me medical. He took me straight to the, the first team dressing room and he just said, I, this is yours now. Um, don't prove to everyone you know, why I brought you here. Um, I'm, I'm not allowed to be in here anymore. You know, <laughs> I used to be a player. And then I was a player manager, but the lads have barred me from the change room. This is your sanctuary. Get to know the players, um, and I see you on the training field. So it was, it was as quick as that, really. Um, you know, which which was good because all you want to do as a player is just get back on the on the training field with with lads, uh, show your hunger and desire that you want to be you know, part of the battle because they were going through you know, difficult times. And I've sometimes I've been on the the other side of the, the fence where, you know, you just want new faces to come in to freshen things up in, in training with different ideas and different experience and, and hopefully that's what I brought. Was was there any pressure having Stuart Pearce as a manager as a left-back? Uh, no, I, I thought it would have been a, a better bonus for myself because he'll understand the pros and cons of being a full-back um, and he'd be someone perfect for me if I had any concerns or worries that he'll understand my situation. So I thought it would have been... You know, well, it would have been better for me, really, um, than, than most people. You know, you know, obviously the career he had as a left-back, uh, if I had any concerns or didn't really understand how to, say, mark a certain player, you know, I'll have a quick word with Stuart and, you know, I know I'm going to get the, the best advice. Yeah. Um, as the weeks went by, I mentioned the, the lack of goals that City were scoring that season. As, as the weeks went by and the, no, and the goals weren't coming, uh, as part of, of, of a defence in that kind of situation, did you feel more pressure on in that situation just because of like knowing if you concede a goal that, that you, you, the team is in trouble at that point? Um, not really. Not off the top of my memory. That my, You know, when my second game, um, I played sort of wing-back uh, when I first came in, the way we were set up. We were set up very sort of defensively with three at the back and two full two wing-backs either side. So, you know, 
defensive side we were okay. I was obviously trying to implement going forward and create more chances for for our strikers. And um, the, the first game was was sort of thick and fast for us. And then the second game was at the FA the FA Cup game against Preston, and and that's when I got the goal. And and then Stuart Pearce, you know, come over, give me put arm around my shoulder, went, "Well done, go and get another one." And I was thinking. You haven't seen my goal record, goal scoring record in the past. So you know, yet it was good. You know, obviously he knew they were struggling for goals, and he was asking for a fullback to to get on the on the goal sheet again. Was uh, was quite surprising, but it was just sort of wanting me to implement my game and and be more forward thinking. Um, you know, I was a defensive minded player, so I think it, his comments was basically saying, you know, go up and support the forward players as much as possible because we're, we're comfortable at the back. Yeah, I, I, you mentioned the goal at Preston. I was I was in the away end that day, and my where I was stood was right behind where you were you hit it. So I, we had pretty much the same view of that flying into the top corner. What do you remember of it? Yeah, it was it was just the build up play was pretty good, and the Cavardi when he hit the was it hit the bar at the post. Um, you know, I was sort of ball watching, really thinking it was going in, and uh, when the ball you know came sort of bouncing, you know towards myself my, my only uh, thought process was to keep the ball down and just get a sweet strike on it as much as possible and you know it always looks better when it goes in off the post doesn't it so it was uh you know the first i thought i missed but i've been unlucky in the past with other clubs hitting bars and posts and just always nearly been there so it was great to see it sort of hit both posts and go in I was going to say as well. Speaking of misses, um, I remember I remember you playing for Everton, uh, missing a penalty against Nicky Weaver, but then scoring the rebound. That's correct. Yeah. Well, that was one of my biggest frustrations uh, at the time. Um, normally, when I take penalties, I always go the other way. Um, I always go to the keeper's right. Um, me and Nicky Weaver were away on England duty, uh, maybe just a week, a couple of weeks beforehand. And um, after training, I always like to practice me me penalties and free kicks, and and I get the I tell the keeper where I'm going, um, just to make sure I can get the the right power and the the right accuracy um, over and over again. So then when we played against each other, um, we got given the you know obviously we got the penalty, and I put the ball down, knowing where I was going. And I looked up and realised it was Nicky, and I was thinking, oh no, he knows where I'm going, <laughs> he knows where my favourite way is. And I changed my mind and went, which you're not supposed to. I went the other way. He saved it, um, and then I tapped him at my right foot, and you know, I scored. I scored in the Gladys Street, and I was thinking. After I think in my head after the game, I said to Nicky, "Like, why did you go that way?" And he said, "Oh, I don't know." And it was me overthinking the whole process of it all. Um, so I was stuck to my guns. I would have, you know, I would have just scored a normal goal to the keeper's right, but unfortunately, Nicky, you know, he he never remembered. Uh, the training sessions in England it was just me overthinking the situation. Yeah, uh, just getting back to that that first season of yours at City, um, there was there was a run of games uh, over the Easter time where uh, City picked up a few wins, a couple of draws, and it and it kind of pulled pulled them away from the the relegation zone in the end. Um, what do you remember about about kind of battling away at Middlesbrough and at Newcastle? Those those really tight games. That, when I came in, what what we were trying to do is just to make it difficult for any opposition you know to get on top of us and always be in a game um because we know when we do create chances we we will hopefully be putting them away um and we just have to trust our forward players to create the opportunities and and put the ball in the net and for us as defensive guy defensive man and guard it's just to keep it tight as much as possible it probably wasn't the nicest to watch but i think it was the best outcome of the squad that we had of, the, of how to sort of 
game manage those games back then because we knew if we were more accounting, uh, you know, attacking more and more and more probably fleet on the eye, we would leave ourselves short at the back. So we wanted to be solid and protect our goal, protect our goalkeeper. That we're always in and around to sort of nick points and nick wins. Yeah, um, when it got towards the end of the season, obviously there was the uh, the Manchester derby there. What what are your memories of that game? The derbies were those ones I was you know you know always look forward to. You know, it's I think it's just sort of stilted in me. But I don't know, it's the Liverpool and Everton connection. It's just every time there's a fixture let's come out, the first thing you look at was the derbies and and you're, you're up against your rivals. Um, you know you're the underdog, so you have just got to always be you know typical derby attitude and just be difficult to beat and I just enjoyed all the battles you have um, and we just knew we had to have something not play the perfect game but just be, just be so difficult and make it uh, don't make it easy for them and then you're always in and a chance because when you're the underdogs you can have a you can have a good go and keep it in you know keep close keep the, keep the scoreline as, as tight as possible and you always got a chance of, of nicking points the, the when you were the favourites in a derby you know, the, the crowd was well We'll get frustrated at times, you know, as the game goes on, you know, it's, it's up to them to force the issue and that plays into our hands. And so that was always our sort of game plan, uh, just to keep it as tight as possible and, and to try and just to, to nick anything to make it difficult for them. And that was not just uh, Manchester games, it's probably the way we played from from when I walked into the uh, into the club. Uh, but then when you are playing against your travel, it sort of gives you that sort of extra 10, 20% boost to, to make it you know more difficult for them. Yeah, uh, there was obviously the incident with Ronaldo early on as well. What what was going through your mind when that happened? Yeah, that's something I'm like, uh, I don't really know. You know, I, I, you know, I, I have to apologise after. I don't really understand. You know, I've never been sent off in my, um, in my career at all. And, um, and I just remember speaking to my father beforehand. I played against Cristiano a few times at Rangers in the Champions League and you know, I've always thought I've done done well against them. Um, I always backed myself against anybody, no matter who they were, that I could always sort of uh, make it difficult for them. Um, and I just knew the way it sort of happened. You know, Cristiano was sort of the boo boy of English football. Um, you know, in that summer, and then he turned it all around by his performances for United. And you know, the type of player he was, he's, everyone's opinion was was like, you know, what a player this guy is, and. I didn't get the opportunity to to play the first time, but the second time round, I was I was involved, and I just wanted to make you know, make sure make him aware that look, he's going to have a difficult game against me. You know, if he wants to uh, play well against me, he has to play to his best, and and that's what I was trying to do. And I thought, if I get an opportunity in the first few minutes, I'm going to, you know, not sort of stick one on him, but just sort of let him know moments that I'm going to be there for the full game, and. Um, for something I've, I can't really explain what went over me. Obviously, seeing him on the floor and the incident happened. You know, I've never done it on a football pitch before. I don't know what come over me to do it. Um, and that sort of just, you know, sort of set the tone for the whole game, really. That sort of spared Ronaldo once to prove, um, you know, he could get up and and, and carry on being, 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 playing the way he, he can do. And we, we just had the battle and from... From, from that from that moment, so it was something I'm you know obviously embarrassed about. Um, it was an incident that you know yes you can put good tackles in, but I've always been a good, fair, strong tackler. Uh, that was sort of a you know a slight 
obviously a sly dig and something you know I was ashamed of, ashamed of really and I can't really explain why or the reasons why I did it. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously as well, you, you were involved in the in the penalty. You must you must have thought at that point like this is it. This is the point at which we're, we're going to score a home goal. <laughs> yeah, that was I was. Yeah, hindsight's always a wonderful thing, but the, uh, you know, because of the penalty situations, I was at Everton. I was always number one, number two penalty taken. I just come into a new club, and you know, I, 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 it's one of them. You know, people say if you get brought down, you shouldn't be taking a penalty. Um, you know, I sort of half made a meal of it. So the referee made a decision. You know, Wes Brown did block me, but but you know, you know, if if I carried on, the referee might have not have gave it. So, you know, I went down. The ref gave a penalty, and I'm thinking, should I get up and take this? And I thought, well, you know, there's obviously players ahead of me in the queue, and you know, unfortunately, we missed that penalty, and you know, and it was sort of our opportunity to you know, to to get a point out of that game. Yeah, um, obviously that that was um, that was Stuart Pearce's final season as, as manager. Um, what was the next summer like? Because uh, obviously the club was going through the takeover, then Sven-Goran Eriksson arrived. It, it, it was all kind of like a whirlwind in a couple of months, wasn't it? It was. Myself, personally, I didn't, under, I didn't, I didn't really understand my situation. Um, uh, me, me move from PSV to City was... Um, it, was it was a loan, um, but then I was sort of free. And available, um, we knew there was going to be changes. I went to start a pre-season with City, and and Sven coming pretty, you know, we, I think it was in the first week. I think we were training with sort of an ultra manager for the first few days. Um, Sven came in, spoke to the players, spoke of his desire of where they want to be, how they're going to achieve it, the owners' new belief, and we're thinking, okay, this is this sounds interesting. But then, personally, my circumstances, I was thinking, I might not be here. Um, the manager's going to get a pot of gold to go and bring in his new players and, and Micah's saying was well I might not be here um, you know Sven did say look you know what, you're all good players but I'm going to bring more players to the football club to make us successful and start challenging for, for titles uh, if you want to be a part of it you know get get out the training field and the games you're going to get an opportunity show me if you don't I'll help you move on so there was obviously a few players um, went up for the challenge and you know for, for their personal reason, for for myself, I was just thinking, right, okay, I'll have to prove to the manager that I, I'm worth keeping. Um, he brought in, was it nine players? It was seven to nine players, I think, within like a week or so. Um, and there was a left back there, so I was thinking, well, here we go. You know, I spoke to Sven, and, and he goes, well, you're going to get your opportunity. Uh, everyone's going to get their opportunity. The goalkeeper's situation at the time, you know, there was Casper, Joe Hart, and Alex, they're all going to get they're fair crack of the whip, and it's it's no different for the the, the outfield players. So if you do a job, you stay in the team, um, but you just got to keep yourself fit and and available for when that opportunity comes and show and show me that you you're willing. So that that's all I needed to know. As long as I, got, I was getting a fair crack of the whip, he was happy to keep me for the year. He goes, look, let's see what you can do, um, and then we'll reassess it in the summer. Um, so I was I was happy with that. I was happy with the battle, um, and I think every player. You know, especially now in modern day football, but even back then, you'd, you'd love competition because it thrives you each and every day to go to training to prove that you want to be the number one in that position. And it hits, you know, it's, it sets the tone in training and the levels, the standard in training. You know, from even that short period of time, the levels just went up and up with the players we were bringing in. Well, did the dressing room change with with so many new faces? Um, I'm probably not the the best person 
to ask that really. I, I was used to being in clubs where the changing rooms did change quite a lot, so it was pretty normal for me, um, especially over in Holland, where in, in Holland, if you're successful, um, the big clubs around Europe come and take all your better players, and you know, five or six or seven might be leaving out the door, and then new faces come in. Uh, so that was sort of new to me. Uh, sorry, it was, wasn't new to me. So maybe the other guys might have thought, you know, there's a lot of changes, um, and it did happen for a short space of time. The kit man Chappie was <laughs> a brilliant character, so you know he had to welcome the new guys in. So that was that was a great little buzz watching all the guys meet Chappie more than anybody else, um, and they must have been thinking, you know, what 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 for signed for here? What for signed up for? But then. You know, as soon as they get to the, the um, understand what Chappie was all about and the banter in the changing rooms, so they keep a smile and happy bubbling face, but it's all down to hard work. And if, you, if you're willing for the challenge, you know, a lot of guys who came to the club, you know, first opportunity to play in English football, they were in the, the, in the Premier League, so it was up to them to, to, to prove to everyone why City brought them in the first place. Yeah, um, I mean, you were part of, uh, we talked about the Manchester derby before, you were part of uh, both games that season, um, where City won their first derby double in over 30 years. So what was that like to be in, involved with that? Well, that, that was that was brilliant. You know, that that's probably one of the the best moments of, of my uh, career at City was because it was getting spoke about. Um, I'm normally not one to listen to media um, or listen to outside sort of pressures. you just got to... You know, if if you have a poor game, forget about it. If you have a good game, forget about it. It's it's always about the next one, uh, and that's the way I've sort of always been. But for some reason, the the air around the place has totally changed. You know, City and Sven, I think, changed the mentality, not the mentality of the fans, but the it started matching a little bit of the the fans' ambition and where the club were going. There was a lot of talk, but we were actually get stepping in the right direction. We started really well in the league. We we're doing pretty well, and even when we were winning games, Sven wasn't happy. Because he knew um, we could improve, and the players knew we could improve, and we were happy that we were picking up points, but knew there was improvement there. It just wasn't ticking for the full ninety minutes, and um, Sven had always pull us all, you know, after each and every game where we could improve, and everybody understood. And I think Sven made it pretty simple. He didn't complicate things, um, and he he basically how he went about it was telling us sort of how he wants us to play. And how we could play, and when it worked, we knew, you know, we could believe in what he was trying to put across. But also, if you had, if you had a difficult game or have a poor game, and someone else came in, there was no, we didn't play anything different. So everybody in the squad, anybody sort of outside the squad, just had to sort of keep fit, wait for an opportunity, whether it's from suspensions, injuries, or the manager's choice. That you're going in, and everybody in the whole team knows what your job is, and that was. I thought credit to Sven and the coaching staff how he went about it because it made it easier for people to settle. Um, you know, whether you know Petrov or Alana were coming in, we knew what their job was, and we just had to have leaders in the in the team to sort of keep everyone doing their jobs to, to get the results. Because we we started as I said so good, um, expectations are high, but then when we were playing the Manchester Derby, we had that sort of a different attitude. There was something in the air that sort of thinking, you know, this could be the time that we can get one over on our arch rivals here twice. And, you know, luckily we did. And it was great that we done. But I think it was more of the belief. Um, we knew we could be difficult to break down. But the players that the club brought in, we had them sort of creativity players. We had that something different, you know, to, to get us better moments in games that we'll be able to put the ball in the net. 
Yeah, the, the the second derby, especially City, were really good that day at at Old Trafford. Um, did you did you did you kind of feel like on that occasion because it was the the anniversary of the Munich air disaster, it was kind of an opportunity for City to to, to kind of put on a, a good performance, if you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Strangely enough, I did um, because of the the Munich anniversary and the the build up and and the talk about it. It was sort of forgotten about that what position we're in, the strength that we've got, the qualities that we had as a team. So all that got forgotten about. It was more seen to be like it's, it's a Man United day. Um, and, you know, we were just there to concentrate on our on ourselves and make sure we, you know, we'd done a job. And I, I felt that personally, that I was thinking, there was a lot of talk about Munich and there was a lot of talk about, um, you know, the, wearing the special kits and, and, and that was all great. But at the end of the day, we wanted to go there to do a job. We didn't want to just turn turn up and and get rolled over um, and, and make it a special occasion for for Manchester United. So our job was to make it difficult. I remember as the game was going on, you know, I didn't get forward hardly enough in that game because of the, the attack and threat that they had. But as I said earlier, with the the guys we had going forward, that United suddenly probably got caught off guard of the mixture of what the quality players we brought through, but also the youngsters that we had with the energy. Uh, the reading of the game um, that we brought that we brought to the table that I think United were a little bit sort of um, I think they just got shocked by it really uh, and just knew that I'm gone. This is, we need to play a lot better than what we're playing to get anything out of this game and you know luckily enough we got we got our goals and we were difficult to break down. What uh, what was the final whistle like? Yeah, it was great. You know, I, I don't think I talk about Richie. I don't think I've seen Richie run as fast. You know, <laughs> it was uh, it was just. To, to sort of make history in any in, when you're playing football, you know, always like to you know you do do your best. But when you sort of make history, you know, it's been the first time for a long, long period of time for the club. And I think it was just I think the way the fans went about it, you know, it's been the difficult few years for the club, and that I think they can start seeing a, a light at the end of the tunnel um, where the club want to go ambition wise, and and then. That's all talk at the end of the day. And finally going out and doing it on the pitch it gives that belief to the fans and the supporters to go, we're heading in the right direction. Yet yeah, there's a lot of improvements that happen, but it's possible. You know, if you keep on going the way we are going, a few more improvements that we hopefully can be up there, you know, challenging in the, in the, in the short term. Yeah. Uh, how did you react then later on in the season when the news was leaked that, that Sven was going to be sacked? Because it, it was done kind of like behind his back and, and with the season still ongoing. Yeah, I've got really not much memory. I know the media, you know, we were just used to it, Sven, getting all the media attention. You know, a lot of our games got moved to a Sunday. You know, um, Sven was hard working um, each and every day. There was no um, there's no day off with Sven, um, especially if you play, normally if you play with you know, the manager, you play on Sunday, you'll get the Monday off to recover and then focus again, you know, the following day for your following game. But with the games moving on a Sunday, because the media attention was just around Sven, all wanting Sven to fail. The cameras, you know, the, I don't know how many cameras and photographs people would all by the dugouts taking pictures of Sven when he walked out, you know, on the bench of Manchester City. That they were just, you knew they were there for them to fail. And I think the lads just, you know, played for Sven as well. And they knew the pressure he was under, um, not just from say City fans or City ball but just from the outside media and so we never really took much notice at the end of the day he was still there he was he was always one of the first in, in the training ground so you could see in his face each and every morning 
So you just got on with your job. Um, we knew the tie owners were different. You know, they, they did do some strange things, you know, <laughs> over over that time. But you just thought that's it's their football club. You know, they can do, you know, they want to do certain things, fair enough. But as long as fan was there each and every morning, I don't think the players really cared about the whispers. You know, we didn't know what was true and what's not. Sven never spoke about it. Um, so we just had to be professional and keep on doing our jobs. You know, what keep on doing what Sven is asking from us. And um, yeah, and Sven did once we had a team meeting was when our sort of form dipped a little bit. Um, and he said, "Look, I don't want to come to the end of the season and go. You know, what ifs? What if we tried this? What you know? Is there anything you know the players unhappy about? Anything we want to change?" And I think a few of us have said, "Look, we're just it's just freshen up a little bit. Training's the same, um, which we understand because we, we we weren't hitting the heights that he wanted. So training was the." Was the same sort of sessions each and every day, each and every week. We knew what we were what we were doing, but also the canteen. There was very busy. There was a lot of outsiders in and around the place. Um, there was a lot of media tension and stories. And we're thinking, as, as the people coming to the club, you know, not in the best interest. Um, you know, whether it was agents or you know, media people in and around when you're having your lunch. You know, normally training grounds were shut off for the players only to you know chat amongst themselves, have their own little debates about whatever they, they feel like, you know, regarding the team, where we can improve, what, you know, what can we work on. But when you've got sort of outsiders, that sort of stops you all you know, talking because you're thinking, who can you trust in or around this area? Um, you know, so Sven tried his hardest to, you know, to, to stop outsiders coming into the club. Um, but when you've got a, an owner with a different mindset and there was a lot of people, you know, a lot of Thai people in and around the place, you just don't know if they were there for the right reason. So that stopped us sort of, talking amongst ourselves, but Sven had the, the idea of each and every game, home or away, that we went to a hotel. So he used to go back to the, the Radisson and Manchester before every game. And that gives us the opportunity, you know, to speak you know, at dinner time, behind closed doors. And I think that's, that's, that, that, that really helped us. You know, unfortunately, we didn't hit the heights we wanted at the end of that season, but it was, it was acknowledged by Sven that he knew something wasn't quite right. And, Let's sort it out now. Let's speak about it now before it's too late. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, as well, we, we mentioned the euphoria of, of uh, the final whistle at, uh, at Old Trafford. Uh, what, By contrast, what was it like after the final day at Middlesbrough? Yeah, that was a very strange sort of day. Um, Richie spoke to the players uh, regarding um, the European spots through um, you know, fair play. And... We didn't really understand how it worked, and I still to this day didn't really understand how it worked. And it was between ourselves and other clubs that we can get an extra spot because of our record uh, on the pitch as players, but also as the fans. The fans are being great, and there's been no no trouble whatsoever. Um, the way Sven and the coaching staff uh, conducted themselves on the pitch, you know, you get points for that as well. Um, you know, we know Sven was a gentleman. He sat there. He was pretty quiet. You know, he wasn't never a ranting and rave at the fourth official. You know, um, so you know we, we knew there was an opportunity for us there, um, and that, that's what we got told. That's what Richie told the players. Um, Sven acknowledged it. Said, "Look, there's an opportunity, but look, we still need to do our job. We need to go out and you know win a football game and away from home. You know, throughout that under Sven's." management we, we tried to be as difficult as possible away from home and Sven would be pretty happy with a point away as long as you win your home games um so he always wanted to keep us tight and hopefully the star players would unlock the defense and, and we'll snatch an away win and that was the way 
we were overly set up under Sven. Unfortunately, as the game went on, um, you know, we knew the sense in the air the way the fans with banners about about the owners and trying to you know protect Sven, um, keep Sven at the football club. Richard Dunn uh, got sent off very early on. And in my head, you know, if what I said before was true, I'm thinking, oh no, you know, the the fans are chanting about Sven. Richard was being sent off. You know, we thought, I think there was only a couple of points between us and other teams to get this extra position. Um, and I just, I think our heads just sort of went down that we've just had a massive opportunity to finish the season, uh, not where we wanted to be, but still an opportunity to play in Europe next season. And we blew it. Um, because of what's just happened. And that was, I think, was felt around the team. Um, Middlesbrough, you know, if you look back at every goal, well, besides one, the one I made a, a, a horrendous mistake for, but um, a lot of their goals were wonder goals. You know, you're thinking you know, in this situation, you go, well, just, if he shoots, he's got no chance against our keeper. And the next minute it goes top corner. And you're just thinking it's just one of these days and nothing's falling for us. And every shot Middlesbrough had were basically going in the net. And I think looking right, like Alano came on and you could see his drive and energy frustrating. He got the ball. I think he ran the majority of the pitch before he scored his goal as well. And it was, game was gone by that point. Uh, but um, you know, I was the captain then after that, you know, when Richie went off and you look around at the players and I think just our self-belief of we've just blew it. We've just blew that opportunity to you know, to finish the season in Europe and uh, because of the circumstances that happened earlier on. And it was just hard to get the players going, get up and going again. And it was, it was difficult. It was really strange. You know, very embarrassing walking off the pitch with the result it was. Um, we sat in the changing room, pretty quiet. Sven, as he did, um, no matter what the result was, always comes round and shakes everybody's hands and thanks them for the effort. And uh, someone whispered in his ear that I think we've made Europe. So it was sort of, while really embarrassing coming home with that defeat, um, that at least we've achieved something, something small that we probably would have took at the start of the season uh, from where we were last year. But the way we started that season and we were in and around, we felt like we sort of failed nearly coming the end. And I put it, I, I sort of put it down to the workload that we did in training each and every every day, but also our key players, our star players of that year were players who never played in the Premier League before. And they've never played over the Christmas period before. And I think if you look back on the form after that Christmas period, you know, we did struggle. We didn't have that sort of intensity. We didn't have that sort of extra extra yards to sort of snatch wins where we were earlier on in the season. We were getting them wins and getting them points on the table. But after that Christmas period, I just feel it took a lot out of our star players, especially Alano, who was, you know, Alano Petrov and him, guys like that. They were all like 10 out of 10, 9 out of 10 each and every game. But then they're getting asked to fly to Brazil you know, to play games for the country, which is great. But he's, he's, he's arriving back at Manchester on Friday morning and then we're travelling to Southampton, you know, Friday afternoon and we're expecting Alano, you know, to be 10 out of 10 again. And majority of the time he was. But I think just the workload of it all, sort of, you know, these guys have, never, have always had a, you know, a winter break for, you know, three or four weeks. You know, you don't get that in England. And I think just a mixture of all that uh, and the rest of us were you know, good enough to carry them players. You know, they carried us. You know, we made it difficult for them to, difficult for the opposition. So 
if they did anything special, they'll be the the game changers for us. But you know, I, don't, I just feel that that's probably the the issue of that of that season with the workloads. The first time it's sort of they've had to witness and and the demands on their body, uh, air travel, and they're trying to be the best player week in and week out and two or three times of the of, the, uh, of a week. It just probably made its toll, and the rest of us probably weren't good enough to carry them. Yeah, um, when you when you look back at uh, then your third season at City, it was a you know third season, third manager. What 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 was that like? Yeah, it was deja vu all over again. Um, bit frustrating, really, because I was in talks with Sven and and the club about a new contract. They were happy with performances and happy that you know approved you know and worth a new contract. But then new manager happens and it's the same situation all over again. You know, Mark Hughes came in. Um, I played with Mark for the short period of time at Everton, and he again same situation. I'm going to be bringing my own players in, um, and are you up for the battle type thing? And um, so again, you know, the way I was, I said, yeah, of course, yeah, you know, give me that deal, and I'll, um, I'll prove, you know, I'll, I'll prove, I'll, I'll prove it to you. So, you know, the club only wanted to give me that year deal to um, to prove I was sort of still good enough to be there. Um, I'll, I'll fight any opposite, you know, anybody that comes to the comes to the football club. So again, I was I just had to prove myself, um, and it, 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 the whole training sessions were different. They were a lot sharper, a lot faster, uh, probably more type of what the English lads were were used to. Uh, demands were were, were higher um, in training, not demands of physically, but just how we go about everything. Um, so the training was a buzz. It was it was hard work, but you know I think it, it it woke up a lot of the fodden guys to go. This is how you need to work each and every day to perform at the weekend. So you know he made targets um, all about before and during training that we we knew we had to sort of stick to. Um, the media science started for Man City. Then um, you know there was a a few little media people there but it went to a different level under Mark Hughes um, the amount of staff that came in uh, uh, fitness coaches and dietitians and and everything that you need as a player so there was no excuses he didn't want any excuses from anybody um, he's going to give us the, 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 all the tools that we'll need and, and what people to improve their game he's brought the right coaches to improve you to a, a better level so if you listen to me um, you know we'll do things so that's all again like you want to hear um, first, I was just wanted to prove a point that I was, I was, you know, good enough to get a new contract, and and that's how that's how the season started, really. When when did you find out about the next takeover? Well, it, again, it was. It's all Chinese whispers to us, you know. We we were just thinking, well, is it really happening again? You know, no one really in the club really spoke about it. There was rumours about. Of these big owners, but you look until it really happens, it happens. And then when it did happen, you know, we're thinking, well, we've been told all this before. We've been told that we want to make Manchester City in a world domination, that they want training camps in and around the world to attract the best youngsters from all over the world. And, and that's what the Thai owners said. And it was similar when the new guys come in and we were thinking, well, we've heard all this before. But again, being half selfish yourself as a player, you think all I can worry about is the next game. And play well, so then I'm in the, the manager's eyes, and you know I'm making him a decision that hopefully doesn't need a left back, and I can do a job for him. Uh, and that's all I was really focused on. I wasn't really bothered about what upstairs was 
was going on because it's out of my hands. There's nothing I can say or do uh, to make it happen or don't happen. Um, just the players thinking, well, here we go again. You know, another another owner promising in the world. Let's see what let's see what happens there. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, the end of that season uh, ended with uh, a, quite a bad knee injury for yourself. Um, how did that? How did that come about? Do you, uh, do you remember? Yeah, it was again. It was unfortunate, really. You know, obviously, the new owners come in, and you started seeing all these new players coming. You're speaking to Alano, and we're getting you know, rumors to be buying Kaká as well. And and then when you start seeing the faces coming in, you go, right, this is real. You know, this is this is a massive moment, and. I probably put too much pressure on myself. Um, I've had the poor knees, you know, at, at Rangers, and I, you know, I missed two years of my, my football career. And I didn't just want—I didn't—I just, you know, I've sat on the couch far too often. You know, I didn't want to give anybody an opportunity to get in the side. Um, I was speaking to the physio, and I wasn't training most days because of my knees were in such a, a oh, my, my right knee was in such a bad state, and the physio was really, really concerned with my knee. Um, I was going, if my knee's that bad, I wouldn't be able to perform the way I've been performing. You know, I was getting, I was playing at a good level. Some games I was getting man of the match and I'm thinking, if my knee's that bad, obviously I won't be able to play at this level. I won't be able to put myself against these players in the Premier League and do a good job. So it can't be that bad. But each and every day waking up, you know, and coming down the stairs on me, you know, on my backside and, crawling into the car, really, driving to Manchester, and the physio's just sort of shaking his head, looking at me, going, what are you doing? I'm going, well, I'll be okay in a couple of days. I'll just settle down, and then I'll be back on the side again, which kept on happening. Um, but always in my career, since my me, me Rangers one, um, I've always been on the phone to a surgeon and speaking to him, and he, he tells me never to play on artificial grass. And, you know, if, you, if you've got a chance to have a day off, on, if you play on a Saturday... If you can have a day off on the Monday, uh, go and do a gym gym session and recovery session instead of going pounding outside, do that. You know, try and not play two games in a short space of time because you might be able to do it once, but it'll soon catch up on you. Um, but as I said, my mindset was if the manager wants to play me, I'm playing. You know, I'm not going to give him an excuse to, to put me out the side. And, and that's what happened over the Christmas period. Basically, the Christmas periods are happening, and as we know, the games come thick and fast. And normally, where I'd probably be sitting on on a night with a nice pack on my knee, you know, I end up I was picked to play, you know. So I'm never going to say to the manager, "Look, I don't want to play because the surgeon said, you know, I can't do this." You know, I was playing at a good level, but uh, yeah, I just remembered that game um, with the Black Blackburn, and it was just. Um, Bernard, the club secretary, come afterwards and give me a massive hug and said, "Thanks very much for putting your body on your life for the club. I really appreciate it." And I was thinking, "Why did it look that bad? <laughs> did, I, did I crawl off the, you know, the pitch?" But it's just after that game, I just knew my knee is probably that's I couldn't get any more out of my knee, and it, it sort of it blew up. And it was worst time possible for me, really, because Mark Hughes was showing a lot of belief in me, playing me a lot of games. Um, you know, he brought his own um, you know, his own guys in, but you know he was he was choosing me um, in, in big moments in games, and you know he put the armband on, which was you know a good sign of confidence for myself and belief that the manager showed into me when you know, the other guys weren't available. Um, so I felt part of the whole furniture, and I felt that I could I had a lot more to give. But unfortunately, my knees just the wear and tear it just sort of got to 
got got one over on me. And again, talking to uh, me agent was talking to the club about about the contract because the, the contract I had under Mark Hughes was, you know, prove yourself. You know, if you play half the games, you know, we'll give you, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll give you a new contract a, a lot longer. Um, and that was sort of me me target to go out and prove to Mark Hughes that you know, no matter who you buy, I'm going to be. There or thereabouts, you know, to, to push whoever you bring in to play a better level, and if they don't, I'll, I'm there to take over. Um, and unfortunately, my knee broke down, and then speaking to the surgeon, you get the bad news that you're going to be out for best part of a year. So there was that was the you know the, the, the heartache really of all the effort I put in to try and get a new contract approved, everything to me. I played when I probably shouldn't have played. And the contract obviously got took away from me then because, you know, I was no use to the club really for the year. Um, and they had to go and look for other options to, 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 to bring to the football club. Um, and so I was I was still in and around the club. Um, the medical staff, I was going in uh, for treatments, even through the summer, so looking at the faces coming in. You know, Tevez walking through the door and uh, Les Scott was, you know, coming in. And it was great to see the, the whole buzz about the place that this is a club that, yeah, haven't achieved what they wanted to achieve for a long period of time, but they've got a, a a solid owner here that knows what the club needs and is going to back each and every manager to get to that level. Uh, so I was, it was great to see see it all happen, but unfortunately not being a part of it was obviously the downside of it all uh, from, from a personal point of view. I was going to say final question, Michael. I just, I, I just going to say the uh, that city that that you were you left at the time. Could you see where they were going at that stage? In it, yes, in a way, we knew we were miles off, you know, because we weren't doing a consistent basis, you know. To but I think it just it gave the supporters that bit of belief that it can, it is possible, you know. Bring a good manager into your football club and back that manager. Um, it showed a belief of an ambition from the club, which has probably been lacking for a long period of time because of financial restraints, you know. So yes, being a part of it, and you know. You know, being there under three different managers, under three different owners, you know, I did see the progression. Um, I mean, and you know, they did have to kick on a lot more, uh, which was obviously we all know where they are now. But that was just a transition of belief um, that what they were doing was working, and you know, they did it the expensive way, but it was the only way possible at, the, at that time. So, when you get owners, as we see now, there's so many clubs in the Premier League now, where, you know, rich owners can go and probably buy whoever they want. But it's trying to do it for a long period of time. It's looking after the club financially, that they don't walk away um, and put them in a worse state. But also bringing players who are hungry for the, the desire. You know, That was City's problem of trying to bring players in to go, look, this is where we want to be. And that's all talk. But when from the outside, you start seeing, hang on, this club's actually coming to a bit of a threat here. It starts attracting other players to come to the football club. You know, like Wayne Bridge, you know, he's at Chelsea. You've probably seen that happen at Chelsea and he came to the club. We were linked to John Terry at the time. That just showed the ambition of where the club wanted to be. Um, we were playing catch-up, but it was sort of the glimmer of light for the supporters to go, yeah, this could be possible. If we get the right mix of recruitment, right manager, um, you know, we can be successful for once. <laughs>